Welcome to the Watershed Teaching Podcast. Watershed is the high school ministry of Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Perimeter Church is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Watershed is a place where we hope high school students would connect, receive, and transform. We want to see students connect with God and others through healthy community, receive His truth through gospel-centered, grace-based teaching, and be transformed by the gospel to then go transform their world. Thank you for downloading this podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.perimeter.org slash watershed. Yo, 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 what's up, watershed? Hey, so if you didn't know, um, my name is Tegan. I am one of the residents here at Watershed. Ooh, yeah, residents, come on. Um, But yeah, I've been given this incredible opportunity to come and speak to you guys to continue the series that we've been doing here at Watershed called Meeting Jesus. Could this be the Christ? So the, the, the big idea that we've been kind of communicating over the last couple of weeks, if you remember two weeks ago, uh, we had this idea that Jesus encountered this woman who was a, a promiscuous woman and she was at the well and, and there was this idea of like satisfaction. She was lacking something. And then the next week after that, we talked about another lady who had been caught in the act of adultery, and she was thrown probably naked at the feet of Jesus, like, okay, what do we have to do with her? And Jesus, in the way that he is, offered only grace and mercy. And today I'm going to be talking about another character that had this encounter with Jesus, and um, he was blind. He was blind from birth. Now, if, if you're like me, I don't, I don't think I've ever met anybody who's been blind from birth. And so I was kind of thinking about it. Who do I know in my life who is blind? And I started thinking about my cousin Mandy, who uh, when she was about seven years old, she decided it would be a clever idea to take wire and take a knife and try cut the wire towards herself. And it cut right through the wire, and she stabbed herself in the eye. And she has had a fake eye ever since. And so that's kind of like the only reality. I've seen blind people before, but I've never seen somebody actually blind from birth. And so the big idea that I hope to communicate and convey today is this. Those who know they are blind, Jesus helps to see. And those who think they see will remain blind. Jesus has the power to open the eyes of our hearts only if we acknowledge we are blind without him. I'm going to pray. God, thank you so much that you are here with us. May you just speak truth to us. We want to know you. We want to see you. Open the eyes of our hearts tonight that we may have an encounter with you just like this man who was born Blind. God, we love you. Be present here. I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So if you have a Bible, if you have an app or a tablet or whatever it is or whatever, uh, you can turn there. It's John chapter 9. The scripture is going to come up on the screen. How, what I'm going to do with these first few verses, I'm going to speak through them, but I'm just going to make some comments as we go because I think it's important for where we're going to be going today. So here's, here's the text, John chapter 9. As he, being Jesus, Passed by, he saw a blind man from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It is not that this man sinned or his parents, but the works 
but that the works of God may be displayed in him. What's really cool, first thing that you see in this text, and we kind of, I think it's incredible that Jeff Norris this morning at church kind of touched on similar ideas that I'm going to be speaking on. It's almost as if God wants us to get something today. And it's this, that Jesus saw him. It's really cool that this man wasn't looking for Jesus. He wasn't going, I need to go and find Jesus like other characters in the Bible. Jesus saw him. Not only did Jesus see him, Jesus saw that he was a man born blind. And not only did Jesus see a man born blind, Jesus saw an opportunity to love. Jesus saw an opportunity for this person to experience his power and to see God's power displayed. People always want answers to tough situations and Jesus simply enters into them. The disciples saw a theological dilemma, yet Jesus saw the person. And I think that is so true of us today. We often look at situations and circumstances and we go, wow, that person is suffering, hardship, struggle, and we try to understand it theologically, but sometimes maybe God is just calling us to come alongside them. God is calling us to see them in their mess and in their brokenness, and he's calling us to draw closer. But that's not where I'm going. That's a whole nother sermon in and of itself. What I, want to, what I want to bring our attention to is this blind man. We know from this text, he is blind. He was born blind. But we also know this. He seems like he's homeless. He is a beggar. In verse eight, we'll see that he's a beggar and he has nothing. Financially, he's broke. Socially, he's not accepted in society. He can't be a fully functioning member of society because he is 100% blind. And in those days, if you were blind or if you had a disability, there was almost like a, you need to, like, we'll love you, but mm, we, we can't really get you involved in what we're doing because you have this kind of disability. What's also incredible about this text is that yes, he's blind. Yes, he's a beggar. Yes, he's poor relationally, his parents don't seem to be in the picture either. He is alone. But if it isn't that obvious, he's also in absolute darkness. He has never seen before. Just imagine, you've never seen anything before. You've never seen the sunrise. You've never seen the beauty of your boyfriend or girlfriend. You've, you've never seen your friends. You've never seen and experienced TV. Well, obviously in those days, there's no TV, but you get the point. So like you can't, you've never seen anything. And this was this man's situation. He was absolutely blind. What I think is fascinating is that even though this man was not searching for Jesus, Jesus came searching for him. And that is absolutely incredible because I think sometimes we are in this room and we think we have to somehow go looking for Jesus, but actually we need to stop and realize that maybe, just maybe, the God of the universe has come looking for us. I'm gonna keep reading. We must work, this is what Jesus says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I think it's incredible. 
that first of all, we see the big idea showing up in this passage that Jesus declared who he is. Jesus, in his pursuit of this guy, declared who he is. He is the light of the world. This man is in darkness without Jesus. We are in darkness without Jesus. And Jesus comes up and he goes, hey, by the way, I know the world is dark dark right now. I know that the world is full of darkness. I know, man, that is blind. You are in darkness, but I need you to know that I am the light of the world. I come to shed light where there is darkness. In John chapter one, it says this, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness could not overcome it. And what's really incredible is that not only did it not overcome it then, today Jesus is alive, he is the light of the world, and darkness today still can't come against Jesus. Still cannot come against Jesus. Jesus says, having, having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes and said, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went and he washed. The neighbors and those who had seen him as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Jesus then dis- demonstrates his love by displaying his power. Isn't it incredible that not only does Jesus have the power to heal this man, his love actually compelled him to do it. Sometimes we have this idea that God is like this uber powerful God out there in the universe and he kind of interacts sometimes, but he's super big and super glorious and he's holy. And we sometimes forget that Jesus also showed compassion, that he came close the broken. Not only was Jesus able to heal the man, he was also willing to heal the man. It shows the powerful and personal nature of who this Jesus is. What's incredible is that after Jesus had, I mean, this man had this encounter with Jesus, my my next idea is that the blind man exercised obedience rooted in faith. Think about it. Not much conversation happened between Jesus and this guy. Jesus simply took some dust off the ground, wetted with his spit, put it in the eye sockets of this man and told him to go wash. Now imagine you're this guy going, what just happened to me? Why is this happening? And Jesus, the God of the universe says, hey, go wash. Isn't it incredible? At what point do you think he was healed? When he washed his eyes? When he got back? According to the text, it says, he washed and he began seeing. That is insane. Imagine you've never seen anything in your entire life. And in this moment, you simply do what some guy named Jesus just told you to do. And all of a sudden, you can see. All of a sudden, you can see. You've never seen before. But what what I love about the verse is that it says that he came back seeing. He came back seeing, understatement of the century. You've never seen before, and now you can see. Question, where is Jesus calling you to step out and do something rooted and built built on a foundation of faith? Right now, where is Jesus calling you and I to step out in obedience rooted in faith? What ends up happening for the next about 20-something verses, there's a debate that breaks out. So this guy who was born blind is now healed, and the first thing that he finds himself getting into is an argument with people who are like, no, he wasn't really blind. 
or he, I, I, don't, I can't trust him. Who's this Jesus guy? Why does he show up? And there's a lot of criticism and doubt and, and anger and frustration going on. But all this guy knows, literally all he knows is not, he doesn't understand the theology. He doesn't understand who this Jesus guy is. He just knows, according to verse 25, and it's gonna show up on the screen, it says this. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see didn't really know how to answer the people. All he kept on saying was, it was Jesus. He, he did this thing, and, and now I see he literally gets asked three times in the text, how did it happen? How did it happen? And G, this guy can only say this, it was Jesus. He told me to do this, and this happened. All I know is, I was blind, and now I see. That's all I know. John Newton, if you know anything about the, the, the song, Amazing Grace, He gets that truth, I was blind and now I see from this text because he was one whose life was absolutely wrecked by the gospel. John Newton, if you know who he was, he was a slave ship owner. He literally took slaves from Africa to America. That was his job. And when he became a Christian, he realized that he was blind his whole life and he began to see. Question. Can people understand your transformation apart from something that only the God of the universe could do? In other words, if you're a Christian, can your life be explained by any other way than God showing up and opening your eyes? What's incredible about this text is that transformation makes a missionary. Literally the whole of the 20-something verses he could not stop telling people that it was Jesus. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. Those who experience transformation are not afraid to declare the source of their transformation. Hey, what's different about you? It's Jesus. Hey, why have you changed? It's Jesus. Hey, but hang on, you used to live some way, but now you're, now you're different. What is that? It was Jesus. It's always been Jesus. Verse 35 to 38 says this, after this huge debate, they literally say, you know what, we called his parents in, we still don't believe, we're we're kicking him out of the synagogue. And it says this in verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped. When our eyes have been opened and we see Jesus for who he is, our first response should be worship. Our first response. We've caught a glimpse of who this God of the universe is. He has literally just opened our eyes Physically, he has now just opened our eyes. Spiritually, we get to see him for who he is. We can't help but worship. We are a worshiping people. We as believers, if you are a Christian in this room, we can't help but worship. We can't help but get excited about Jesus. We can't help but rush stages and tell people about Jesus at our school. We can't help it because we have seen who he is. We have seen him. Or maybe you haven't. Or maybe you haven't. Here's the reality for these Pharisees. Listen to what 
the last verse of this section says, Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who, who, may, who see may become blind. I wrote this in thinking about this text this week. The Pharisees assumed that through learning and understanding, through moral purity and religious zeal, a series of checking boxes that their eyes were open. But what they didn't realize is that those things without the love and power of Christ had left them with open eyes, yet blinded hearts. The band's going to come up and and we're going to go into, a, we're going to sing a song called Broken Vessels, but it's a, it's a spin on the song Amazing Grace. And I think it's an incredible song because it pushes the idea that we were blind, now we see. So here's the reality. There's two groups of people in the room that I'm primarily speaking to tonight. I'm speaking to those right now who are blind and know it. And I'm speaking to those who are blind and don't know it. The reality is, this man had an encounter with Jesus. His eyes were opened, and all he could do was worship. All he could do was tell others about this interaction that he had with this man, Jesus. He didn't fully understand. He didn't fully get it, but he began to worship. I said this, and then we're going to stand and we're going to sing. God came to visit humanity, to open spiritually blind eyes, to see and know him, to open spiritually deaf ears, to hear his voice, to raise spiritually dead lives, to have life in him. Miracles are phenomenal, and they happen today, but there's no greater miracle than somebody coming alive in Christ. This is the greatest display of God's power and God's love towards us. So just with your eyes closed, I just want you to think, is that maybe you tonight? Maybe you think that your eyes are open because you've checked the boxes, you've done the right things. Or maybe you realize that, hang on, maybe I'm blind. And I just need to, to see. Because Jesus offers sight to all of us. So will you remain in your blindness? Or will you begin to see? God, thank you that you are who you say you are. Thank you that you are with us, that you open our eyes, that you open our hearts. May you come and do that work in us. We need you. We cannot do this alone. So Lord, may you just move amongst us right now. May you open eyes. May you open hearts to see you. May you open ears to hear you. May you open hearts to come alive in you. Because God, without you, we are blind. We might be walking around with open eyes, but our hearts are blind. May you come and open our eyes tonight.